Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and watching this video. Yes, Merry Christmas and welcome to our home. We are sitting here in our cozy family room. We've got a fire going and just enjoying our time together. And we're welcoming you into our home because we know that you're joining us from your home with your family. And we just are excited to hear an awesome message together on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we love to be in our home during the holiday season as I hope that you are as well with your family. And, and it just is, is great to be, you know, with each other during this time. So we love like having hot chocolate. We love making cinnamon rolls. I remember when I was a kid, I grew up up north where it would snow. And so sometimes, you know, we would wish for a white Christmas and we would get it. And we would get tons of snow and we would build piles of snow and build igloos and dig holes in there and throw snowballs. And it just is a wonderful, wonderful time of year. And so we're so glad that we get to celebrate the holidays with you and that you're with us. Because uh, if you look at this year, it's been a very unique year. It's been a little bit challenging. And so we titled this message, A Weary World Rejoices, because some of us are weary. We've had a struggle and some issues, but we have an awesome opportunity to worship the Lord and worship the, Jesus as the Savior and, and Him being born uh, on Christmas. And so hopefully you had a chance to read some of those verses in Matthew chapter 2 uh, together because they are so important. And the wise men are very, very familiar to us in the Christmas story and in the nativity scene. And, and so the wise men, you know, when you talk about being weary, they probably were very weary when they finally got to the manger and saw Jesus because scholars and theologians believe and historians believe that the, that the wise men may have traveled six, nine, even up to 12 months following the star to get to that place. Can you imagine traveling that distance? They probably were pretty tired and exhausted, and, and so they followed the star. But then when they get there, they have this amazing opportunity to worship with just exceeding joy. And so that's the, the first you know, group, people group that I want to share with you, is that they were joyous worshipers. I know for me, I have joy when certain things happen in my life, right? They make me happy. I, I love to go fishing and hunting. I love, and it gives me great joy when the warm chocolate chip cookies come out of the oven. Like, that is amazing. Yeah. And, and I know Nicole yeah. has joy in her life when there's 50% off or there's a sale during the holidays. I and love a good sale. <laughs> love it. So, I mean, we, we both have joy from different things, but when it comes to the holidays, when it comes to Christmas... The joy that we have in our hearts, it comes from worship. It comes from worshiping our Savior and rejoicing in Him. And these wise men, you see that they were bowing down before Jesus. They had exceeding amazing joy in their worship before Him. And they gave extravagantly from the treasury that they had. Yeah, and so we can see from the wise men's example that if we want joy... In our life we need to be an extravagant worshiper we need to be a generous giver because they found such joy in that even after a, a period of being weary right through their travels they were weary and exhausted and a lot of us are feeling that way we've been through a season where we've been weary and we're exhausted and and we can still find joy in extravagant worship and through generous giving and we see these wise men, they, they were previously pagan magicians, right? And, and they found themselves worshiping the Savior. They found themselves there. And, and these men are considered wise, they're considered sophisticated, and very wealthy. 
I mean, it took a lot of wealth for them to take that long of a, a, a trip, you know, traveling that far, and, and it took their wealth to do that. And so we know that in scripture about them. And when they get there, here they are, these wise men, these, these pagan magicians, right? They're very, you know, high in society. These, they found themselves throwing themselves down before this baby who was the savior. Right, and so they, they realized who he was, right? They realized that this was a savior. They had been doing research. They had been hearing about this and went on this journey specifically to find this savior that was supposed to be, you know, the one that's gonna save the world. They went on this travel and this trip to do that. And so here they are, they encounter him, right? They encounter Jesus. They see him face to face and they fell on their their knees in worship. And so they were extravagant in their worship. And I, I wonder, I wonder if we could be extravagant in our worship, right? Because sometimes I wonder why are we so reserved in our worship? Why are we so concerned about what other people might think of us if if we worship extravagantly, right? Well, what if what if I raise my hand in worship or what if I'm excited in worship? What is somebody else going to think of me? What if I get a little bit emotional? What if I get super excited? You know, what is someone going to think of me? I wonder what it would be like for us to just be extravagant worshipers. So these wise men, they were joyous worshipers. And then in some of the verses that we read, we read a little bit about King Herod. And so King Herod was weary with envy. So I, I consider him a jealous king where jealousy is that spirit that fights against joy. Uh, they don't match. They, they don't match up well together. And so you can't be genuinely happy for somebody else if you're envious or you're jealous of what they have or if they're being blessed. And so I have to ask the question, are you struggling right now with jealousy or envy in your life? So when you look at somebody else and maybe you see God is blessing them, is, that, is there something inside of you where that jealousy begins to rise up? And, and I absolutely believe, you know, oftentimes we get that during the holiday season because unfortunately so much is focused on possessions and giving and receiving gifts and things and, and that's not the true purpose of, the, of this season. It's absolutely to worship Christ, but we kind of get caught up in that. So I just, like I want to ask, are you caught up with a little bit of jealousy? Are you weary with jealousy inside of you? Because I feel like that can change right now. I believe that right now in this moment that God can do something miraculous and amazing in you that he could change your heart because he doesn't want us to be jealous of other people. So I believe that God wants to remove that from our lives. So I, I want to pause right now in this message and I want to pray for you. If you're struggling with envy, I just would ask that you would pray along with me. So God, right now we pray for the jealousy that's in our heart. God, when we see other things and we compare our situation, our life to other people, when we see them, God, that rises up inside of us. Lord, would you remove that? God, would you eradicate that from our lives that we would feel blessed, that we would be thankful for the things you've put in our life, that we would be excited for how you've blessed other people. Lord, would you change that in our lives, in our hearts right now? Yes, in Jesus' name. That's awesome. And and God has so much for us, right? And, and let's take a look in, in the word in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. It says, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, 
Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. And then in verse 16 it says, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. And so we can see from these passages that Herod was a ruthless and selfish man. I mean, he was threatened by everyone around him. And, and if you read more about him in scripture, he had many people killed. If, if he was envious or he was worried about someone possibly being greater than he was or doing better than he, him at something or he just was threatened by them, he killed them. And so this man was just driven by this, this envy and this jealousy, right? He just could not handle the possibility that someone could be greater than him. And from all that he was hearing about this coming Messiah, this savior of the world, he was threatened by that. And so he was just this extreme control freak and he just wanted to control everything. And one thing is that you cannot experience joy while you're trying to control everything. You do not find joy in that. And so being controlling robs us of our joy. And so Herod was the jealous king, and the wise men were joyous worshipers. And the third person that we want to focus on during this time in this message of a weary world rejoices is the reason that we rejoice. And that's the king of kings. And that's Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah. Because the angels were with the shepherds, and, and they spoke to them that night when Jesus was born. And we find this in Luke chapter 2. Verse 11, it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So Jesus, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah that the Israelites had waited for and had been prophesied about in the Old Testament, and they waited and waited, and here he is, full of power, full of compassion, and a child, an infant, a baby. He comes to earth as a baby. It's so miraculous to me. It's so revealing to me to, to recognize that, that God in himself takes on flesh. God becomes man, and he, and he decides to do it in the form of an infant. That is just so shocking to me. Totally reliant. An infant is reliant upon its parents for everything. And here's the Messiah, the Savior of our souls, as an infant, and I just, I really believe that God does this as an example. He does this as an example for us to show us that we absolutely need to be completely reliant upon Him and have total trust and faith in Him as our Father. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, it says, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And so this is true for us. We need to relinquish control. We need to relinquish authority over to the Lord, over to the Messiah, over to our Heavenly Father, over to Him because of who He is. Yes, and, and this is true for Jesus too. And even in that passage, you can see He's foreshadowing the fact that He was born to die. He was born to die. And so that was His purpose. That was the reason 
he came to the earth. I mean, talk about radical love. Yeah. That is the most radical love you will ever see or experience. And, and so we are to follow that example of Jesus' radical love. And so he came to the earth to sacrifice for others, to lay his life down for those around him and to serve them. And, and so that is our purpose as well. We are to follow his example. We're to lay our lives down for those around us, to serve them, just to love them radically. And, and we can only do that through Jesus, right? I mean, he's the only way that we find true joy. And the only way we get that is by sharing that radical love with those around us. And that is where that true joy comes from. And, and Jesus, he has that love, that love that was willing to die, which is a powerful. That is a powerful, powerful thing. And that should just bring us to our knees just thinking about it. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. It says, what, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. And so Jesus came as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And that should be the cause of some, some rejoicing. That should be the cause of some extravagant worship. That should lead us to our knees, even when we've been in a weary time, just as the wise men were. It brought them to their knees. They fell on their face before him. They countered him. They had a face-to-face -face encounter. And we can have that in our life every day. It should lead us to that extravagant worship and, and sharing that radical love with other people. And because Jesus had to come. He had to come as a payment for our wrongdoing because there had to be justice. There had to be a payment for our sin. And so Jesus tasted death for all humanity so that we could live. So that we could live and so that this weary world could rejoice. And so if you're finding in your life right now that you feel weary, or maybe you have envy or jealousy, or you're just feeling alone, or you're just feeling empty inside, what that might be is just the, the reality and the recognition that you need a Savior. Every single one of us need a Savior. We need to turn our lives over to Jesus because of who He is. You know, He was born as an infant, but then He grew. You know, and like Pastor Nicole said, you know, He laid His life down on the cross for us. And so if you have not yet put your faith in Jesus, that might just be what you're missing. If you haven't made that true commitment to follow after him, or maybe just in your life you're, you, you made a commitment before, or you're finding just that you are weary and you're struggling and, and you know you need to recommit your life over to him and just say, you know what, I need to get back on to, to follow him and this is the time. Why not right now in this moment make that type of commitment, make that type of change in your life? Because I'll tell you what, now's the time when we can receive Jesus as our Savior and submit our life to Him. Because it's the holidays. This is why He came. This is what He's all about. And He loves you so much that He laid His life down. So if that's you and you know you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus, I want you to pray along with me right now. Maybe you say these words. Maybe pray with me. Pray something like this. And as God looks at our heart, He sees our intentions. Maybe you pray something like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you in my life. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth as an infant. 
Thank you for this holiday season. Thank you for being born. But more importantly, Lord, thank you for laying your life down for me. And I know that I need you. I believe in my heart that you are God's son. And I want to follow after you. I make a commitment to pursue after you for all the days of my life. In your name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and Merry Christmas to you. And we love you guys and we hope to see you soon.